Welcome to episode three of Stop and Snack, a podcast by nursing students for college students about the importance of nutrition. I'm Grace Pappas. And I'm Kristen Mara, and we are senior nursing students from the class of 2023 at the M. Louise Fitzpatrick College of Nursing at Villanova University. On today's episode, we will be focusing on eating on a college campus, resources that are available, and accommodations for students with gluten intolerance. So grab a snack and come learn with us. Does walking into the dining hall ever overwhelm you? Are you used to eating home-cooked meals? Or are you struggling to find food options that align with your dietary restrictions? Well, we are here today with Jessica Pellachata, a registered dietitian and nutritionist in the Office of Health Promotion. She is here to give some advice so that students struggling to eat on campus know where to get help. So can you speak a little bit about the Health Promotion Office as well as your role on campus? Mm -hmm. The Office of Health Promotion is an office that provides a lot of wellness resources to students on campus. We have four different positions in our office and our primarily goal is to provide education that is evidence-based to help students make you know, smart and healthy decisions. We provide a variety of different coaching services. Um, I provide obviously the nutrition coaching services. We also provide stress management, sleep consultations, tobacco sensation classes, as well as um, the basics program. So those are just a few of the coaching services that we provide. Um, we also do a lot of different peer-to-peer education programs through our members of power and then um, put on a lot of different wellness events on campus. The pet therapy program that you might be familiar with, um, Love the Skin You're In, our mm-hmm. fashion show. Um, we also do a lot of different um, outreach with other campuses, campus organizations as well, and just um, collaborate as much as we can to provide know as many different resources available to students yeah awesome Um, and just following off of that what resources does the health promotion office offer for students with dietary restrictions specifically Um, and then a little more how can students utilize these resources so in my role as a dietitian in our office I primarily work with students on a preventative side of it So if a student comes to see me and they say, you know, I've been recently diagnosed with celiac or I have um, an intolerance to dairy, um, I will help them navigate the choices that are available on campus. Um, Now, if they have specific requirements that they're not able to meet those needs, let's say the dining halls don't have a lot of options, then I would recommend that they meet with the dietitian that is in the dining services department so that they can accommodate. They might need to create special meals or order special products to bring into the dining halls, but um, really what I try to do is help them to learn how to read food labels so they know, know what ingredients are safe for them to have and then how to create a balanced meal plan based on whatever dietary restrictions that they have and how to do that on campus. Yeah. Um, So then kind of just going off of that and like throughout your experience, what do you think freshman students or just new students in general struggle with the most in regards to maintaining a healthy diet when they're transitioning from home life to campus life? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest um, struggle that I see for students is scheduling in their meals. I think when you come from your high school setting, you're on a really good routine. You wake Mm -hmm. up at the same time every day, you have lunch relatively the same time every day. 
Uh, you might have a snack after school or a sports activity or some activity and then have dinner. And when students come to college, that routine goes out the door. Mm -hmm. And they really, really struggle with finding the time to eat or prioritizing their nutrition. They might skip going to lunch in order to go meet with a professor or they might, you know, not think that they need to eat because they're not hungry and then all of a sudden it's late night and they're starving. So one of the biggest things that I find is that students just lack that routine when it comes to um, their nutrition plan. And oftentimes I will sit down with a student and we'll get their schedule out and then actually schedule in when they should be eating and what's available for them to eat on campus. What locations are open, you know, is that a meal, is that a snack? Maybe we have to eat five or six mini meals throughout the day and not really have that, you know, three square meals that they're used to. So they need to learn how to time manage their yes. nutrition for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so that was like great advice about scheduling in meals. Um, but what other advice do you have for maintaining like a healthy eating habits on campus, but specifically being in the dining hall, like transitioning mm -hmm. from home to dining hall? Mm -hmm. I think if you, I think the dining halls get a bad rap and and what I what I try to educate students on is that you have all of these amazing foods at your fingertips you have a variety of fresh cut up fruits and vegetables always available whereas at home you would never walk in and have a complete salad bar ready for you to go right and so what I try to get students to think about is you know thinking about their meals with three different components is there color on your plate so what if that color comes from a fruit or a vegetable, right? Um, do you have some type of good complex carbohydrate on your plate? So is it a grain? Could it be beans? Could it be rice? Could it be cereal? Um, pasta, those are just a few examples. And then where's your protein source, right? So if we have those three components on your plate, you're gonna get the most out of that meal and you're gonna feel the best. You're gonna have energy, you're gonna have satiety, um, you're gonna decrease your cravings and you're gonna be able to really maximize your nutrition when you go into the dining hall. So thinking about what their meals look like at home and how you can kind of almost replicate that when you come to campus. I think oftentimes we think we have this chef at our hands when we walk into the dining halls and really it's, it's all available for you. You just have to be really conscious of it. So walking into the dining hall, maybe taking a lap around you know, the dining hall to see what is being offered that day versus going to the typical habits that you've already created and really trying to see, okay, maybe they have um, rotisserie chicken available and they have rice and I want a salad with my dinner or maybe they're stir fry that day but I don't really wanna have the protein that they have available. Can I go find the protein on the salad bar and put that in place? So. We have to get creative with our meals um, and recognize that there is everything at your disposal. It's just a matter of what you're choosing to create that balance with the color, the protein, and the carbohydrates. Yeah. Um, so then we kind of decided to focus um, on helping students with a gluten intolerance, mm -hmm. um, which obviously can make it more difficult. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how scheduling a cooking class can help um, these students and kind of like what the class entails? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, I do provide cooking sessions. I wouldn't say it's a full-blown class because we don't go through, you know, the whole food safety of everything. But um, so if, if a student group, shall I say, identifies as wanting to have a cooking class, they're able to sign up and do that with me. I don't provide one-on-one -on -one cooking lessons with students. It's more or less, let's say, 
um, a sorority, a sports team, um, an RA might call and say, I want to do a community builder for my residents. Can you have a cooking class? I also periodically schedule cooking classes throughout the year. We did two uh, this year. One was focused for students that live in our residence halls, and then the other one was focused for students that live in either apartment or off-campus housings. So they could schedule with me, and we could pick a date that works for us. All of our cooking programs are done upstairs in room 200, and really we try to utilize equipment that is available to that student based on where they live. So if it's a resident hall, I'm gonna do a microwave cooking demonstration, right? If it's somebody that lives maybe in an apartment, I'm gonna think about, do they have an oven? If they don't have an oven, are we gonna do air fryer recipes? Are we gonna do Instapot? Um, you know, that type of situation. And if they do have special dietary needs, then we will address that. Like the one cooking class that we had was all plant-based and we really talked about how to be more sustainable with your nutrition and your cooking so everything that we demonstrated was more focused on plant-based cooking so I am able to create and almost personalize the cooking class based on the need of the request yeah I think that wraps up about all the questions that we have for you but is there anything else that you want to add for students to take away from this I would just encourage students to seek out my resource. Um, one of the things that I think students don't realize is that all the services that our office provides until their junior or senior year, and then yeah. all of a sudden they're like, I didn't know there was a dietitian. Definitely. I didn't know I could do a sleep consultation. Mm -hmm. And it would be smart to connect with our office and to utilize resources before they leave so that they can have a better understanding of how to kind of take some of the things that they've learned in college for their well-being purposes and then be able to you know capitalize on that when they leave here plus they're all free services yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is really important because to meet with a dietitian outside of here would be several hundred dollars per hour course, so yeah. it's it was, right. it's a great free service for students Thank you to Jessica Pellichata, registered dietitian and nutritionist, for shedding light on the abundance of resources that the Office of Health Promotion offers to Villanova students. Many colleges have their own resources for students, so we encourage our listeners, no matter where you are on your nutrition journey, to seek out the resources near you. We have a really interesting perspective here with us today. One of our hosts is gluten intolerant, and she is going to share some of her thoughts and experiences as being a student who follows a gluten-free diet on Villanova's campus. So Kristen, can you start by telling us a little bit about your dietary restriction? What is a gluten-free diet and who should follow it? That's a great question. A gluten-free diet excludes any food that contains gluten, which is a protein found in wheat. People who need to follow a gluten-free diet are those with celiac disease, those who are gluten intolerant, and those like me who have an allergy to wheat. What kind of foods do you have to avoid? So basically, I have to avoid any foods that are wheat-based. So, for example, this would be stuff like breads, pizza, pasta, and cereal. I'd also need to avoid certain baked goods that include flour, and also certain sauces, which you wouldn't expect, such as soy sauce. Can you tell us what kind of gluten-free foods you can find on campus? Of course. I'll start with breakfast. So normally, I'll grab something in Driscoll Cafe, um, and they do have a lot of options like fresh fruit and hard-boiled eggs and yogurt and oatmeal. Um, that, those are like the fresher options, and then they also have some processed options that are gluten-free alternative bagels and some cereals like Cheerios. 
but when I used to eat in the dining hall freshman year, I really liked the omelet station where I was able to make my own omelets with vegetables and include cheese and any kind of gluten-free alternative bread or breakfast potatoes on the side. For lunch, I find a lot of options also in Driscoll Cafe because they have good grab-and-go options such as grab-and-go sandwiches with gluten-free rolls and also gluten-free granola bars, but I have to make sure that I read the label um, because not all granola bar brands are gluten-free. And I really like eating in Bartley Exchange because I'm able to make gluten-free sandwiches or wraps and these are custom sandwiches, so I get to order with my friends and just ask for a gluten-free alternative bread or wraps. And they even have a certain um, like area where they prepare the food to avoid cross-contamination. Then for dinner, I find a lot of options in the Conley Center. They have um, like well-balanced options, hot food area, so they serve like grilled chicken as a protein, for example, and then they comes with a side of carbohydrates like vegetables, rice, or even potatoes. Thank you for sharing your personal experience as a student at Villanova who has learned to succeed at college with a gluten-free diet. Thanks for letting me share my experiences. I'm glad you're bringing awareness to students because understanding resources help students who are gluten-free to live well. This message is brought to you by senior nursing students in the M. Louise Fitzpatrick College of Nursing and WXVNU Health, the first nurse-led health department in FCC-licensed collegiate radio.